special Halloween episode of CGF Minis. I'm co-host Jacob Park, GM of the Popular Ballers, joined today by the ever-astute uh, student of the game, two-time champion, Wyatt Keener. Thank you so much, Jake. Uh, pleasure to hear how you'll introduce me each week. But let me ask you, Halloween night here as we sit recording, I'm sure you had a big bowl of CGF minis sitting right by the door to hand to all of the young CGF fans going by in their Cooper Cup jerseys, their Bijan Robinson jerseys, their Brees Hall jerseys, their Dak Prescott jerseys after his big week. How did they enjoy their CGF candies? Mini candies, their minis. You know, nobody showed up. It's been a bummer. Not a single trick-or-treater. I bought a ton of CGF minis. I was ready for the night. Uh, but I guess me and Anna will just have some leftovers to eat for the weeks to come. It's probably for the best. You know, kids tend to eat the dewberry ones and, and kind of dump the rest out on the ground and, and waste half the product. So we'll keep them in the hands of people who really enjoy and cherish each piece of CGF minis. Shame that the company that sponsors us can't even send you some to hand out. You had to order them yourself. <laughs> but I'm happy to hear the dewberry has been a smash success uh, named after Dewezel himself. That's right. And what a week of CGF football, of spooky football action we had this week. Two games come down to Monday night, thrilling ending as uh, they tried to chase down the teams in the lead, Rocky Mountain Mooses and Gotham Knights, trailing the Marley Magic and Popular Bowlers, respectively. Uh, really thought Jameer Gibbs was going to pull it off, especially by the end. I mean, there are definitely moments I thought Josh Jacobs might as well, but that that got pretty close. Wow, four the four highest scoring teams, all four teams in the 180s, all in two matchups. This is maybe the best week of CJF football we've had yet. Like you're saying, Jameer Gibbs came in. The 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 Lions had the ball around the 30, maybe even in the red zone there in the fourth quarter. Craig Reynolds came in at first, and you could take a sigh of relief if you were Magic fans. Then Jameer Gibbs comes in after the first Craig Reynolds carry. He just needs four more points. If he can punch into the end zone as he did from 20 yards out early in the game, Mooses have the upset of the season. Unfortunately for the Rocky Mountain Mooses, that was not to be in our first place magic. Take the victory, but what a fun week of football. And I think it's just about to get better. That's right. And though a good week for the popular bowlers, a terrible week for the dewdrops. We went one for five this week. The Gotham popular bars matchup was the only one I got right bringing me to just 21 of 40 of the year. So we're back to about 500 after up week last week. Uh, the scales have kind of rebalanced themselves. And on top of all that, I missed the Bruce Matthews pick. I had them over touchdowns in Abbey, so we no longer have any perfect due teams or imperfect due teams. Hardly anything left of interest to keep following the stat. Uh, maybe we'll drop it from the program. That's to be decided after this episode. Please not. The fans love the <laughs> do drop segment. So they tune in for every week. <laughs> I'm surprised, though, that the Dewdrop struggled. You were feeling uh, anxious about those predictions coming into this week. You thought you were a bit too topsy-turvy, and this was a topsy-turvy week in the CGF. Unfortunately, not in the way that the Dewdrops had predicted. Yeah, they were awful. There's no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no other way to put it. One of five, I mean, goodness, flip a coin and do better than that. I call myself an analyst. 
Well, I guess we can use that to segue into the only correct dude drop of the first matchup last week. We had the Gotham Knights visiting the popular ballers. As we mentioned, this one came down to Monday night in a thriller as Josh Jacobs tried to uh, lead the Knights into a comeback late in the fourth quarter of the matchup. Um, he came pretty close. And even on that last drive, it was right after I sent to the chat that I was afraid they were going to throw him a bunch of quick passes. Uh, they threw him two in a row, one of which he, I think, fumbled, which cost some points, even though the Raiders recovered. And then the second one, I, he dropped. I didn't. I don't know if it was a bad pass or not. I thought it was funny that Hunter was targeting Jimmy Grappolo so much in the uh, Discord, sending so much hatred his way when his guy dropped the ball. Uh, yeah, good game. Never would have predicted Cooper Cup would be the tail end of the scoring for the ballers. So that's a good sign that the rest of the team competed, even when he did not have a good week. Uh, of course, not great news that his quarterback might be might be injured for a while with Stafford out. So we'll see how that affects him and, and your uh, uh, Puka Nakua. So... We'll see what happens, but overall, can't be too displeased. I think the first time, at least since I took over as GM, I think that we've been number one in scoring as well. So a big week for the popular ballers in uh, an important matchup. It certainly was, and this, based on how it played out, very well should have been each of our game of the weeks uh, as we approached week nine, or, or, excuse me, week eight. Uh, I think we really witnessed, because of these high scores, I think what it tells me is that this is the part of the season where the coaches, the general managers are really being able to distinguish and identify who their talented players are, who needs to be in the starting lineup, and who needs to be benched. Uh, that's some of the reason for the up and down scoring in the early parts of the season. We're still figuring out what these NFL offenses are capable of, and we see with this point ex points explosion just how potent these offenses are. And both teams had a lot of points on the bench, a lot of exciting startable players that were scoring these points too. It wasn't necessarily coming from unexpected places like it sometimes does. Uh, you had three, uh, four receivers with over 10 points on the Gotham Knights side, but yet their lowest scoring player, DJ Moore, was at 9.5. So hard to beat yourself up too much about the start-sit decisions made there. And on the popular ballers side as well, you're never going to sit Cooper Cup, as you say, a shock to see a performance like that. But Jahan Dotson and Quentin Johnston, these two young talents that have disappointed throughout the season, both with great weeks on the bench. It does not haunt the popular ballers, though, as this breakout game from Dak Prescott, uh, both of us had highlighted how disappointing the quarterback performance had been. Dak Prescott puts up 29 points, four throwing touchdown, 300 yards passing, uh, performance that we uh, know Dak is capable of regularly. So very encouraging to see that happen. Uh, we also, coming into this matchup, had highlighted the running back matchup, in the battle for New York, the Jets versus the Giants, Brees Hall versus Saquon Barkley. And the difference between those two was about the difference between the teams that they represent. Saquon Barkley saw 36 carries and three receptions. He was the entire offense. I think the the Giants threw uh, or completed about six or seven passes, and he was three of those receptions in addition to running the ball three, 36 times. Unfortunately, his effort was not enough for the New York Giants or for the Gotham Knights. It is Brees Hall, the New York Jets, and the popular ballers that come out of this matchup with the win. Yeah, I'm just taking a closer look at Barkley's stat line. That is insane. Almost better than Brees Hall's if you take away the touchdown. I mean, it definitely was. Yeah. 36 carries, 128 yards, 3-5 receptions. Hall had 12 carries for only 17 yards. 
six or nine receptions. Of course, one of those was a pretty big touchdown, uh, touchdown passing play. So that uh, that kind of made the difference. Another notable uh, mention, I would say, is Cole Komet does seem to have found some uh, chemistry with uh, Tyson Badgett as he had 22.9 points on the bench. Oh, it's getting to be more and more of a difficult decision if I should start him or Kyle Pitts at tight end position as Kyle Pitts continues to disappoint in the offense that just seems to be built to frustrate fantasy players. Yeah, I uh, think in the early season you had to stick to your guns and stay with Kyle Pitts. But as you say, we're now over halfway through the fantasy regular season and Komet has put up a few very high-scoring weeks. Um, he's a, the type of player who can... But as most tight ends are, uh, he's the type of player who can put up a zero or you know somewhere around five points, and that wouldn't be surprising. But as you highlight, also the type of player who can score in the twenties. So always good, even as frustrating as it is. It's always good to have those options and uh, decisions that you can make at the tight end position, or even you can imagine putting one of those tight ends in the flex and starting two tight ends. Things to consider going forward. All right, I think that brings us into our second matchup last week. This was my game of the week. We had the winter faces visiting the God Kings in the desert. Uh, it wasn't a, a great game. Winter faces had a great score, 177.56 to the God Kings, 111.10. Um, I was kind of riding high on the storylines of this being the most common matchup. This rivalry goes back deep even to the first game ever in CGF history as you you mentioned last week uh but it kind of disappointed here as it was pretty one-sided affair the slow start for patrick mahomes did not slow down the winter faces as they became the fourth team i think to to win in the new god king stadium uh something that still eludes the god kings themselves you had highlighted how important it was for each team to stop their losing streak before it got too far out of hand the winter faces were able to do so um they put up a respectable score, but it was really on the back of four players. If you look up and down their roster, uh, I thought that the winter faces played very frustrating. Obviously, I would feel that frustration more acutely than others, but um, it's hard to be too frustrated when C.D. Lamb is the number one scoring player of the week with 41 points. We highlighted Dak, Pres Dak Prescott for the popular ballers, and it seems like all of his passes were headed C.D.'s way. A breakout game for him in the 2023 season. The other three players that carried the winner faces where Joe Burrow, Christian McCaffrey, and Sam Laporta on Monday night, each of them topping 23 points. And uh, it is those four players that were the, the spark that the winner faces needed to win this rivalry matchup and uh, get back to 500. The God Kings, as you mentioned, uh, we've highlighted how so often with the God Kings, there's the frustration with the scoreline, but then there's also frustrations with um, how the week plays out in other areas that are outside of their control. This week, unquestionably, the, the storyline is the quarterback play. Kirk Cousins exits with what we now know is a rupture of his Achilles that will keep him out the rest of the year. He put up 20 points before that injury, um, but that was not enough and leaves the uh, God Kings down a locked-in starter. Kirk Cousins was someone who you knew was going to be in their starting lineup every week. And their other starting quarterback, Desmond Ritter, um, just as there are questions around Kyle Pitts or any other player on the Falcons roster, there are questions around Desmond Ritter. He left the game and was evaluated for a concussion. 
He passed the concussion test, but then he remained out for the rest of the game. People are speculating that Taylor Heineke may have taken the starting job from Desmond Ritter. That would obviously be catastrophic for the God Kings as well. The God Kings do own Taylor Heineke, so they would be able to slot him into the starting lineup. But I think as a God King fan, you're really hoping that Desmond Ritter, the Falcons' second-round pick a few years ago, the uh, the God Kings' third-round pick uh, a couple of years ago, can be the player, he's just 24 years old, but who can be this dual-threat player on an exciting young offense with the talent around him to um, you know be an every-week starter. And he had put up some promising performances from a fantasy perspective so far. Uh, we saw him score 20 points a couple of times, the high teens a couple of times. But... Uh, his propensity for turnovers, which included a fumble in this game to the Titans, may lead to Arthur Smith opting for Taylor Heineke. Uh, otherwise, man, what better crystallization of how frustrating a week this was than watching Jimmy Garoppolo flounder and flop and vomit all over himself in front of millions of viewers on Monday night. As a result, Devontae Adams throwing his headline on the sideline, throwing his helmet, excuse me, on the sideline, just 2.1 points. But let me tell you, as the winner faced general manager, we sat with a pretty comfortable lead heading into Sunday night. Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, and Michael Mayer were still to play. And I don't think there is any lead that is safe when you're about to watch Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler and Devontae Adams play football. Now all three of those players sit on the trade block, a signal that the God Kings are starting the potential move to tank. And I think Every single one of these players needs to be a high-priority target for any competing team. These are all players that can win you weeks, and the players that win you weeks win you leagues. Very excited to see what trade deadline action we get in the CGF. Not to kick uh, a dog while it's down as well, but the God Kings also have Kirk Cousins uh, back up. It was a rookie. What's his name? Jaron Hall. And they traded, of course, for Josh Dobbs today. So it looks like they're not planning on starting him. So they're just kind of out of starter um, in general, even though they had the handcuff ready. All right. Moving on to matchup three last week, we had the Rocky Mountain Mooses visiting the Marley Magic. This was the other game that came down to Monday night, as we said, as Jameer Gibbs, valiantly inspired by Dan Campbell, was charging forward, trying to put the team on his back and carrying them to their second victory in the season. He came up just short. Uh, a heartbreaking finish uh, to what was a great game. I think this was score number two and three on the week. Um, so it's just an incredibly close matchup. Uh, Moose has deserved to win. Unfortunately, only one team can win in this post-medium league we have. Uh, what do you have for this one, Wyatt? Yeah, I highlighted this one as one that I thought would be closer than uh, a lot of fans might have expected, given the records of these two teams. And we saw that play out. As you say, Jameer Gibbs, the highest scoring running back of the week. It's not enough to take down the, the juggernaut, Marley Magic. Uh, Gibbs had has had now two straight weeks with David Montgomery out, where he scored as the RB3 and the RB1 on the week. So that talent that we know he had, that... Um, that, that was the reason he was the number two, over, two overall pick. So fun to watch him. General manager of the, the um, Gotham Knights, Hunter Hawes, commented multiple times about just how fast and electric and how, how much acceleration Jameer Gibbs has in his body. Uh, so much fun to watch him run so fast. For the Mooses, too, 
uh, as as you said, this seemingly ends their quest for a playoff position in heartbreak in that they could not pull out the win while losing two players along the way. Kenny Pickett's injury was is short-term. He uh, expects to play Thursday night against the Titans, but he was removed from the game with only 3.92 points. Kendrick Bourne tears his ACL and has to leave with 12.6. You wonder if either of those players is able to finish their game if the Rocky Mountain Mooses would be successful. But they're in an interesting position as well. All of their players are um, still pretty young. They built a very young roster, but these players put up some pretty big scores. And as you have uh, have brought up previously, it seems like this team is probably locked into that third or maybe even fourth drafting position, probably the fourth drafting position. And so uh, they're about to get Kyler Murray back as well. I think they're unfortunately just rounding into shape at a time where they don't need to be scoring points. Um, so very unfortunate for the Mooses. That fourth pick is where we sit today, a bit tricky too. Um, there are three, what seems like very uh, three very clear top prospects in Drake May and Caleb Williams at quarterback, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. at wide receiver. Uh, it would be a shock if those are not the first three players taken in the CGF draft come May or April, but uh, the Mooses are certainly going to want to try to position themselves to take one of those franchise-altering players. The Marley Magic, though, uh, the recipe for success for the Magic throughout history has been to doubt them, has been for the media to publicly question them and criticize them, and they responded just as we know they have throughout their history with the questions uh, lobbed their way from yours truly, 186.86. They were the highest scoring team for most of the week until the popular ballers closed out strong and were able to top them by just one point. This team has all of the players you need to win in fantasy in 2023. All of the breakout stars, Tua Tungavello, are not even breakouts, but just the players who are playing above our expectation. Um, and that's not in any way to say that they they won't sustain this. All of these players seem like they've taken the next step in their career. We didn't think AJ Brown could climb any higher. He was already an amazing player. But yet here he is, topping 125 yards once more, two touchdowns, eight receptions, 33 points. He just keeps putting up bangers. Travis Etienne, 25.9, even fighting through an ankle injury. He came out at one point of the game, went right back in to great success. Dalton Kincaid, rounding into form with Dawson Knox on the IR, 20 points. Jordan Addison, we'll see what his his uh, his play looks like with um, Josh Dobbs or Jaron Hall at quarterback. Just, just, reports came out today that Justin Jefferson will be back as soon as he's able to get off the IR, and we'll see how those two are able to coincide. But uh, Jordan Addison has been the most exciting rookie wide receiver of those first round rounders taken so far. So despite some sluggish scores in the flex positions, the rest of the roster propelled this team to a very, very important victory that now has them sitting alone by record in first place at 7-1 and squaring up for the big marquee matchup in week nine. Cannot wait. All right, moving on to the fourth match of last week. We had the Matriarchs visiting the Pit Kings. Um, this one was a blowout, 177.26 Pit Kings over the Matriarchs, 88.32. Uh, this is kind of why you expect the Matriarchs scoring to work, uh, look this season. It hasn't most of the time, so uh, perhaps finally rounding into form as a rebuild team. They're trying to be. Uh, I know Katie mentioned the players may not be trying to be, but she is. And that's the kind of score you want to see if you're going for the max possible points for and the number one draft pick this year. 
Uh, Pickings pick up a much needed win uh, to move them, keep them even with the other three and four teams that moved up to four and four this week. As Matrix for the sole team that fell out of that kind of middle pack we had forming. So it's still very much anyone's play that's in that pack. And the Pickings stay alive for another week. Pickings have now won three straight. Uh, we recall that they were one and four after five games. They put a couple players on the trade block. A player like Kyron Williams was put on the trade block. Black and you wondered, um, is general manager Colton Hyen having some concerns about his team's performance and uh, looking ahead to 2024 already? But three impressive victories. And what is very impressive about this one, they did not need to score many points to beat the Matrix, but they scored 177 anyway. Very good performances in this Pickings lineup. And none was more impressive. Then Sam Howe, the quarterback, won on the week 31.98 points. He threw for 400 yards and four touchdowns against the Eagles. And it looked like it looked like the commanders were going to be able to topple the almighty Eagles. Unfortunately, they fell short, but it was no fault of Sam Howe's. What a performance from him. Chris Godwin got in the end zone versus the Bills on Thursday night, and that gave the Pit Kings confidence in an early lead that this week was theirs. Indeed, it was. On the other side of the of the ball, the, the Matriarchs had a disappointing week from C.J. Stroud and the uh, Houston Texans as they lost to the Carolina Panthers. But Derrick Henry, 16.2 points. Will Levis now in the backfield alongside him, taking snaps. We saw how exciting uh, he was in his rookie debut. And what might that mean for Derrick Henry, a player who has throughout his entire career, gotten better as seasons go on. Uh, his numbers in December in particular are mind-boggling, and he is one player that I think we still might see um, on the trade block from the Matrix. We've seen them get rid of some uh, veterans like Tony Pollard, like DeAndre Hopkins, but Derrick Henry, another one of these players that we'll be keeping a close eye on. He will remain a Tennessee Titan, but will he remain a Matriarch? Derrick Henry, 16.2 points, 100 yards rushing, four receptions, which is always exciting to see for Derrick Henry. And Amon Ross St. Brown playing through illness, six receptions for 108 yards. And boy, is he slippery. He's so fast, so exciting to watch. We love putting the Lions on our television. Otherwise, some zeros, some injured players, Gerald Everett, Odell Beckham. This one was out of reach from Thursday night, but... Like you say, the Matrix are never out of it. These players do not quit. And we'll see what they have up their sleeve in week nine. Not out of the playoff race yet. That brings us to our final matchup last week. We had the Bruce Matthews visiting touchdown to Abbey. Somebody finally did it. Somebody beat the Bruce that was not named the winner faces. It was a, a pretty straight up week. No buys last week. Um and Rob and the Monks got it done, 174.04 to 149.02. Yeah, this week, like we said, so high scoring up and down. Uh, 174 points was only good enough to be the seventh highest scoring team on the week. That is insanity. You would take 174 points if it was offered to you before any game week. If there was one game week, you would be a bit concerned about it. It is playing the Brews. But Abby catch the bruise on a down week and win what turns out to be a decently comfortable margin. Josh Allen had a lights-out game on Thursday night. 
And somehow, while Josh Allen was putting up 30 points, he was able to do that while not throwing too many targets to Stephon Diggs' way. Uh, this was a crossfire matchup between two of the most exciting fantasy assets, and Diggs only walked away with 16 points, which if you are the touchdown in Abbey, is what you want, what you hope for, and that set the tone. But it wasn't only Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs that set the tone on Thursday night. Rashad White had 17.9 points despite not getting into the end zone. He looked very elusive and slippery, uh, catching the ball, which he always does, but he even had a couple of good runs, which is good to see. Rashad White, not a very dynamic runner, but an exceptionally dynamic pass catcher. Very valuable in PPR. When he outscores Stephon Diggs and you get a 30-point week from Josh Allen, you know you're in store for a good week. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, doing what they do best. Both of them on the button, 25.2 points. And George Kittle, he's had a few explosion weeks already this year, 19.5, 29.2. And this week, 28.4. Debo Samuel out, we know means great things for George Kittle. And that was the dagger on Sunday. This matchup was back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It looked like before Kittle took the field, it looked like the Brews had it. But George Kittle, there was this run where uh, on one drive, he had, I think, three straight receptions for something like 30 or 40 yards. And that alone is worth six, seven, eight points, a turning point in this one that propelled the Abbey to victory. A disappointing week for Jacoby Myers on Monday night. We already highlighted how pathetic Jimmy Garoppolo is. Somehow Jacoby Myers is only targeted one time. We got to get rid of Josh McDaniels. We got to imprison him. We got to have him. Uh, shipped out of Las Vegas immediately. You know Mark Davis can't be too happy. Let's fix the coaching situation in Las Vegas. Because these players need to be scoring points. They're talented. They're exciting. Get Jacoby Myers. Get Devontae Adams. Get Josh Jacobs in better situations. Please, for the love of football. And anytime you get 15.2 points from Adam Thielen as the opposition, you are thrilled. Adam Thielen been one of the most exciting players this year at the age of 33. But not enough for the Bruce Matthews in week eight, 174, as you say, to 149. Touchdown to Nabby, a big victory. They always show up for the big matchups. They always do. And here they beat the Bruce Matthews and drop them down to second place. Be interesting to look at George Kittle's points each week and how that correlates to if the Abbey win or not. It feels like so far this season they win or die by his surges. So I know that's what happened when they played the winter faces a few weeks back. And I'd be curious if he aligns with every single win. Uh definitely a key player on that team, this very boomer bust. All right, that does it for the recap of last week. We'll move on to our preview for next week. A very exciting week of matchups. Uh Several games I think you could make a great case for for Game of the Week. We even had the poll to let the people vote and see see what they thought. So we'll, we'll get into that as we, we come up to that one. Uh, but without further ado, first game next week, we have the Popular Bowlers visiting the Matriarchs. Original due drop for this one was the Popular Bowlers. And the Matriarchs have the all-time series score of 3 to nothing. I think this might be the rarest matchup uh, of any any teams not involving the Mooses. Uh, these teams have only played once each each season, and that streak's going to continue this year as we're only going to play them once unless we meet up in the playoffs, which is not looking likely. Week 9 is going to be a lot of fun for the NFL. Big matchups throughout the day Sunday. We're going to wake up with a game in Frankfurt, Germany, between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Should be some points scored in that one, but who knows? Both those defenses have been 
impressive. In the afternoon, we're going to have the Cowboys and the Eagles. That was a flop in their first matchup, but surely it won't be a flop again. Surely the Cowboys that we saw last week are going to be playing better. And then it'll be capped off Sunday night with the Bengals and the Bills. Make sure you cancel all plans for Sunday. Make sure it is just you and your television in the Discord chat. That is all you need for the best day of your life. But if things could be better, it's going to be on the fields of the CGF. As you mentioned, matchup after matchup that is going to thrill us. Invite your friends, invite your family. Don't just sit on the couch with yourself. Ignore them. Be on Discord with us in the live blabber. But make sure they're watching Sleeper as well. Have two screens up, one of the football games, one of the Sleeper live scores. As you say, it starts with the ballers and the matriarchs. This one currently projected to be very lopsided. 67% of the time, the popular ballers win, according to Sleeper. That seems insanely conservative. Um, as we mentioned, the matriarchs picked up some injuries this past week. Darren Waller, a hamstring injury. He's had hamstring issues. This might be, uh, given the, the state of the Giants season, this might keep him out for the long term. Odell Beckham and Gerald Everett, I think, will both be healthy sooner than later but something to keep your eye on as well. The one shot that the Matriarchs have, we'll know early in the week how they're going to line up because Thursday night, I highlighted them already, Derrick Henry, the Pittsburgh Steelers' rush defense is ripe for a pounding, and Derrick Henry can pound through any defense, whether they're ripe or not. He hasn't had that huge breakout game. We know he can have the 200 yards rushing, the three touchdowns, and I think this might be it. I think you need to be on guard, Jake, and popular ballers fans. I think he breaks 40 this week and propels the Matriarchs to the 120s, the 130s. But the popular ballers, setting the precedent last week, letting their fans know we don't just get cheap wins. We can beat the high scorers. We can play with the best of them. The popular ballers about to see five and four within reach. Can they get there? Let's see. Dak Prescott floundered against the and, and the Cowboys floundered against the Eagles in matchups past. Uh, I misspoke earlier and talked about earlier this year, but in matchups past, Dak Prescott is set up very nicely. We saw what Sam Howe did against these Eagles last week. The, the Eagles rush defense is very good. The Cowboys have struggled to run the ball. This sets up to be a pass funnel matchup in which Dak Prescott, you hope, will drop back to pass 40 times. The one concern, Mike McCarthy is up there with Josh McDaniels as blockhead number one. And he might try to force feed the run game, even if it's not successful. You hope that the Cowboys get down early because that's going to lead itself to an exciting game. If the Cowboys get up, Mike McCarthy will crawl into his shell and just hand the ball off until they're down by 21 and the game is out of reach. So you want the Cowboys to get down early and be forced to throw because who am I? On Monday night, the Chargers are going to put up points in bunches, even against a tough and stout New York Jet defense if the Jets keep pace, it's going to be because Brees Hall breaks a long reception like he did in the Week 8 matchup. Brees Hall, the superstar of the league. Oh, go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Derrick Henry. Go top Derrick Henry's score. 42 points for Brees Hall in a victory to put the popular ballers at 5-4 and four and stay in the thick of this race for the playoffs. That's right. A big game, possibly a trap game. So the boys have to stay focused. Uh, we need this win. It is a tight race in the middle of the pack, as we have said. 
All right, moving on to matchup number two, we have the Rocky Mountain Mooses visiting the God Kings. The original dewdrop for this one was the God Kings. Uh, they have never lost to the Mooses. They've only played two times last season. Uh, main reason you turn this one on, I think, is to see if the God Kings Stadium curse is finally broken. This is the ninth and 10th place team going at it. Both the teams that already have large chunks of their rosters for sale on the marketplace. Uh, somebody's going to win. Somebody has to win this game. Um, but it is likely to be a snooze fest. Uh, yeah, both teams currently projected for low scores. You had mentioned that the Vikings acquired Josh Dobbs, uh, but head coach Kevin Stefanski did say today that Jaren Hall will get the start this week while Josh Dobbs gets some time to acclimate himself to Minnesota and then start in week 10. That is great news for God Kings fans as they will need Jaren Hall to start, and he is currently slotted in to their starting lineup. Uh, Miles Sanders, zero points on two carries in week eight. Chuba Hubbard took over the job. The the quotes from the coaches, both Frank Reich and Thomas Brown, their offensive coordinator, and now calling plays as of last week, um, both indicate that Chuba has overtaken Miles Sanders for the starting job. If Miles Sanders can win it back, it's going to be against a Colts defense that is likely to give up 30 points or more, even against a a Carolina Panthers offense, excuse me, that has struggled. But we'll see what the rest of this starting lineup looks like by game time on Sunday. Uh, They don't have to sell any of these players yet. They can work the trade market. But uh, we we know that all three of these big names, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, and Devontae Adams are for sale and will be heavily sought after by teams trying to win this year. So uh, no incentive, it seems, anymore for the God Kings to win. That said, the winner of this matchup uh, doesn't matter who wins or loses. It just matters how many points are on your roster. So the Rocky Mountain Mooses will start uh, two players where they currently have zero. Well, I say that they might be down a quarterback this week with Trevor Lawrence on by if Deshaun Watson is back. That said, I do think Deshaun Watson is going to be benched again this week and PJ Walker can slide in against an Arizona, Arizona Cardinals defense that has been susceptible to the pass. But Kendrick Bourne, Jameer Gibbs, these players are still in the starting lineup. And you can rest assured that they will be placed with starting caliber players like Romeo Dobbs, Brian Robinson, or Juan Dale Robinson. So I expect this one will be issued. That's right. I expect this one to end up much closer to 50-50. And uh, let's hope for a close matchup in this one here. All right, moving on to the third matchup next week. We have the Bruce Matthews visiting the Marley Magic. The Marley Magic. They came into the season doubted by everyone, by analysts left and right, placing them fifth place, sixth place, seventh place, eighth place. No one believed in this team, even after they started to win. Analysts are saying their wins are flukes. Well, they go and beat two of the top three teams in the league, the Gotham Knights, the winner faces. They have one more team they need to beat to shut up all of the critics to prove this team is for real. And that is the Bruce Matthews. Now, the Bruce Matthews. Let's go back to Christmas Day. December 2022, the Bruce Matthews, the last time they saw the Marley Magic was as they carried off Christian Watson on their shoulders back into their tunnel on their home field as they rode off the championship the Bruce believed was their right to be in. Oh, this is a revenge game for both these teams. Marley Magic have a chip on the shoulder. They've been doubted the Bruce want revenge for last season. The old-time record is 4-3 in favor of the Bruce. This is my game of the week. The Dewdrop picked the Brews. We will see if they can even the score, take back first place in the standings. 
Oh, if they don't, if the Brewers lose this game, the Marley Magic have a much easier final five games of the season. It's going to be hard to come overcome a two-game deficit and catch them, even with the points for advantage that I think they'll probably have. This game is huge. Jake's game of the week. I'm grinning from ear to ear. I'm sitting up in my seat. I hope you all are upright as well after that hype uh, hype up from Jake. Uh, this one will be the one that we are all tuned into. Rob's game of the week, as he mentioned in the Discord. I'm stumbling over my words. I'm not giving this game the excitement it's due. I've just got so much nervous energy coursing through my blood. I want to be on the field alongside these players. Throw me the ball, Jalen Hurts. Throw me the ball to a tug of love. Let me go score a touchdown for the Magic, for the Bruise. The two heavyweights of 2023 squaring off. Like you say, will this determine the one seed of the year? You very well could see it. The Magic getting revenge for their playoff loss in the CGF two against the winter face two weeks ago. Now the bruise, as you highlight their chance for revenge as well. What could have been for them had they made it to the championship? But calm down just a little bit. This is a very, very tough week for the magic to draw the bruise. Um, week nine means they're without Brock Purdy, uh, who has been a staple of the starting lineup. And it means they're without Travis Etienne, who has been one of these players that has carried them to mm. the seven and one record. And it means they're without Brandon Ayuk, who has been uh not who has not been talked about very much on our program, but who has been a steady, steady presence in this starting lineup. Um, and who has had uh, you know big weeks up to 32 points as well. But him and Pretty have had a very good connection this year. So three integral pieces of this lineup. But the player I'm gonna be most interested in. And, and with Matthew Stafford injured too, that, that's a potential starter that they also don't have access to. So that thrust Baker Mayfield into the starting lineup. But the player I'm going to be tuned into on the Marley Magic is Kenneth Walker. Um, last week, Zach Charbonnet overtook Kenneth Walker, uh, getting about 60% of the snaps to Kenneth Walker's 40% of the snaps. Kenneth Walker has been an incredible fantasy player through his one and a half years in the NFL. He was the rookie of the year in the CGF in 2023 and has already established himself as a star running back in our league, um, putting up 30.6 points in week three and plenty of other exciting performances. But against Cleveland, Zach Charbonnet seemed to have taken hold of the starting position. It's hard to know for sure because Kenneth Walker did have an ankle injury that he was nursing to. We never can trust Pete Carroll with what he says at the podium, one of the worst liars in professional uh, sports. But... A.J. Brown, Jordan Addison, and Christian Watson, who's yet to have that, have that big breakout. These are the players that can overcome the uh, the the high scores that the Bruce Matthews will be putting up on the scoreboard. And we just talked about what, uh, what George Kittle did against the Bruce Matthews and against the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Well, look what tight end is playing the Cincinnati Bengals defense this week. It is Marley Magic and Buffalo Bill Dalton Kincaid Sunday night. If he puts up 29.8 like George Kittle does, this team is about to be 8-1 with two games between them and the next closest competitor, having already played the Brews in the th third-seeded Gotham Knights. That would surely, surely mean that they earn the number one seed. Sleeper is not so sure, only projecting the Magic for 126 points to the Brews, 166, a 40-point difference. 
I find it hard to believe that this one will be a 40-point difference in the final scoreline, but Nico Collins, a disappointing week eight. I thought he had the nuts matchup uh, versus the Panthers. He works the middle of the field, the deep middle of the field, and I thought a team like the Panthers who give up passes in that area, Nico Collins was going to be putting up uh, his biggest week of his career, which has included a 35.8-point week. Not to be... But a lot of times, players, after they disappoint in that big spot, these talented players, like a player like Nico Collins is, they will bounce back that next week. Him against the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, we saw what the, the Bills' offense did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That could be a sneaky, sneaky matchup. The key for the Bruce to getting over the top alongside DeAndre Hopkins. On the bench last week for his 34.8-point explosion, Will Levis... And DeAndre Hopkins have a little something special. We'll see it on Thursday night versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, that brings us to matchup number four next week. We have the Gotham Knights visiting Touchdownton Abbey. The original due drop for this one was for Gotham, and Gotham has a three and two all-time series lead over the Abbey. Uh, Gotham coming in after this tough loss to the popular bowlers. Well, the Abbey are coming in high after their victory over the Brews. Nothing else to say, but game of the week. This is a week loaded with game of the week competitors. And I know that anybody is crazy to pick against Brews Magic. I know that that is the game of the week for most of our listeners and for Jacob himself. But for me, my eyes will be on this one. Touchdown to Abbey have shown a propensity for knocking off the top dogs like the Bruce Matthews last week. What a matchup they get here. The Gotham Knights, 4-4, four 5-3. and, four, five and three. If the Abbey win this one, they're sitting even with the Gotham Knights at 5-4 and four through nine games. And this is the only matchup that they will play. Uh, here in Week 9, we have all of the teams playing, the only team they have yet to play. So it's going to be really exciting to watch these two storied teams square off in a cold fall matchup at the Abbey. Another one that Sleeper doesn't like to be very close. 48 points separate them by current projections, but that is without the Abbey making adjustments for bye weeks. Uh, we've talked about the the Abbey's um, frustrating bench performances throughout the year. Who's going to step up for George Kittle? Who's going to step up for Cortland Sutton, for Curtis Samuel, for Jared Goff? He'll find people at these uh, wide receiver and tight end positions, but I don't know if he's going to find anybody at, his, at the quarterback position. Josh Dobbs, who would slide in as a starter this week, as we mentioned, will not start. Mitch Trubisky would start if Kenny Pickett were out, but it seems like Pickett will play. That means right That's now, huge. yeah, the Abbey are without a quarterback. Will they be able to find a starter by this week? It's going to be hard, but if they can... I like their chances this week. We highlighted Kenneth Walker's decline. Is that the hands of Zach Charbonnet? Will he get the starting role for the Abbey? And then Leonard Fournette signing with the Bills. Signing with the Bills. He might get a lot of cheap points in a PPR league, little uh, dinks and dump-offs, little touchdown runs. Latavius Murray has been pathetic at trying to run the ball one yard forward and score a touchdown. Leonard Fournette can run the ball one yard forward. I don't think he's going to see any action this week but definitely a startable player at the running back position, which has been a particular area of weakness for the touchdown in Abbey. It's a very exciting bit of news that I think a lot of people are overlooking as they consider the Abbey's chances the rest of the season. 
The Gotham Knights are going to have to slide Daniel Jones back into the starting lineup. Russell Wilson is on by. The good news is that Daniel Jones has been medically cleared and gets the Las Vegas Raiders. Jared Goff turned the ball over, but Daniel, well, and Daniel Jones will do the same. I don't want to say it, but, uh, but despite his turnovers, he's going to score some points. The Las Vegas Raiders are always susceptible to giving up points. He will be scoring the Giants points alongside Saquon Barkley. And in return, Josh Jacobs will be scoring points on the, on the very bad New York Giants defense. It's going to be a very ugly game, but it will result in a lot of fantasy points for Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and Josh Jacobs. And I think that core can put up the 60 points that propels the Gotham Knights. to a 6-3 and three record and maybe back in that two-seed tie with the Bruce Matthews. All right, that brings us to the final matchup next week. We have the Pit Kings visiting the Winter Faces. The original dew drop for this one was for the Winter Faces. And the Winter Faces have a 4-1 lead over the Pit Kings' all-time series record. This is another huge game, uh, standings-wise. Two 4-4 four four teams, two teams in the middle of this large pack going at it. It's big for both teams. Both teams want this. Could have made a case for Game of the Week. Oh, it's going to be another good one. This is a fantastic week of matchups. Fantastic week of matchups. As you mentioned, both four and four teams. In week eight, the three and four teams were four and one, with the Matriarchs being the only team to lose. But with these these teams squaring up, we know that one of these four and four teams is guaranteed to lose. The Pit Kings have lived up to the preseason hype after struggling early on. And this quarterback pairing has been a lock for about 50 points between the two of them. Sleeper only projects them right now for about 33 points between the two of them, which seems preposterous Preposterous if you bump that up to about 50 points. And this one is dead even in sleeper projections. Patrick Mahomes has struggled quite a bit this season compared to what we're used to, not necessarily in fantasy scoring, but in the his real-life performance. You've watched him, and he just doesn't seem like the player that he has been in years past. Uh, you never know. Andy Reid likes to get a little bit too cute. And so uh, maybe they're just playing some uh, playing around early season. But a loss to the Broncos should surely humiliate and embarrass Andy Reid. Surely he will stop punting from the opponent's territory in fourth and five or less. You would hope, but he's made a career of doing this despite having the best quarterback in the CGF, in the NFL, Patrick Mahomes. This one, Sunday night in front of the fans, or Sunday morning, excuse me, in front of the fans in Germany, you hope that they ridicule him for his poor fourth down decisions and bully Andy Reid into letting Patrick Mahomes throw the ball if you're a Winterface fan. What's interesting about this matchup, there's not a crossfire. Uh, there's not really much overlap. A lot of times we have these pivot points, like in your matchup against the Gotham Knights last week, where you had George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Or you have the you know uh, Josh Allen throwing to Stefan Diggs like we saw in the Bruce TDA matchup, but this one a lot of these players are independent of each other, so I think it'll be a lot of fun to watch. You don't have to always be uh, you know having a, a little bit of a pit in your stomach as you watch and cheer on your player, or your quarterback concerns like oh just don't throw it there or oh don't throw it to that guy, throw it to this guy. Uh, both these teams can just sit back and cheer for their players unabashedly. And that's going to result in a fun matchup. As you said, I would love to be a neutral viewer in this one because these teams are going to put up points for the Pit Kings. Their quarterbacks will do it. Chris Godwin seems to be taking a step forward. He and Baker Mayfield's connection hadn't really been as, as juicy as the Mike Evans connection. 
I love Chris Godwin, the player. He finally got in the end zone in week eight, as I projected. And I think he gets in the end zone again against the Texans. This one is going to be good. Winner faces. Pickings. See you there. All right. I think that does it for our preview next week. It's going to be a good one. I'm worn out after all the excitement. <laughs> a big Halloween night of anticipation. Nothing ended up happening. Oh, Wyatt, do you have anything else for us for this episode as we head into November and the final third of the CGF season? Before you get to bed tonight, Jake, make sure to drink up a tall glass of CGF Minis recovery drink to refuel your body, rest up, and feel refreshed so that you are uh yeah, there you go. He's got a, a nice can of CGF minis right now, <laughs> ice cold can. Uh, so that is what you need both tonight to recover and then Thursday night. And we got a long day Sunday, this international game. Don't forget, 8.30 a.m. Central time. You got to be up and watching Chiefs Dolphins. There's no breaks noon, 3.25, 7.20, all day Sunday. Have a CGF mini recovery drink by your side. Make sure you do not drink more than three in a 24-hour span. <laughs> but, Jake, let's enjoy this week. This is a special, special week of CGF football. In this special week, Bobby Lill's getting married Sunday. I'll be missing most games. Be a part of that celebration. Not much I'll miss CGF action for, but but that is one event that I will I will I will have to miss for. So shout out to, to the Lils. Happy marriage to the Lils. We love you, Bobby. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, Bob. See you all next week.